All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and got John Morris here, and we are very privileged today to have uh, uh, an esteemed member of the fly fishing community and somebody that works for a manufacturer that John and I uh, revere and hold in high regard, uh, not only for the affordability of, the, uh, of their uh, fly fishing equipment, but also for their customer service, their warranties, the, the uh, price points, everything. Um, Steve Densley works for Maxon Outfitters and Maxon Outfitters is based out of Kent, Washington. They've been in the business since 2015 and they, they have a small group of people that work up there. Some of the best customer service I've ever had in fly fishing. And so uh, we're really privileged to have Steve on here with us today uh, to talk a little bit about Maxon, talk about the products, talk about the accessibility and, and what Maxon stands for. And maybe he'll even give us uh, some sneak previews on some new products and everything else coming down the road. So Steve, Thank you so much for being on here. Uh, we so appreciate it. We've been, we've been so excited uh, since I told John, I was like, hey, Steve got up back in touch with me. Uh, he emailed like right away and we we're like, yeah, you know, this is, this is really exciting for yeah. both of us. Well, I appreciate you guys and, and you know, giving us the opportunity to kind of, you know, spread the word uh, as we kind of chatted before, you know, we're, we're a small company. Uh, we, we've got a very limited advertising budget, so we're kind of relying on, on word of mouth and customer service and, and, and just, you know, spreading, spreading the love for us. That's what we're, you know, we're trying to do. So it's an honor to be with you guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well, this is good. No, this is, this is awesome. And, and, you know, uh, how, how I came into contact with Maxon was I went to the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show back in 2018. And I, I had already owned some fly combos and things like that, but I never owned anything that was like really high end. And I wanted to get something that was better. And I was, I was starting to look at doing some saltwater fishing uh, with, with the fly and everything mm -hmm. else. And I still haven't got that direction yet. But, but I ran into one of your sales guys, I, I believe it was Brian, uh, that, that was there. And I'd went around to all the booths and I went, I, I, I won't name those brands cause we're here to talk about Max and, but I went to the different booths and I saw all these, you know, nine and 10 foot rods and, and they were, you know, price tags, 500, 800, a thousand dollars just for the rod itself, not even the real. And then I come around right. to the Maxon booth and I, I'm like, Hey, what do you guys got? And, and I believe he pulled out a passage four weight. And, and, uh, uh -huh. he showed me the passage and he was like, yeah, this is $199 combo. I was like, well, is that just for the rod? And he's like, no rod, real case, everything else. Oh, by the way, if you go over to this retailer, they actually paid more for it than what they're selling it for. So you could go over there and get it cheaper than you could from us. So you might want to just sneak over there and get one. And I was like, yeah, why, why are you telling me this? And, and he was like, well, <laughs> we want, we want you guys to have this rod. So uh, and that's my experience. And so I've been diehard with, with Max and ever since, you know, especially on, on heavy game rods and everything else. So that's been my experience. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, starting in 2015, doing all this stuff, um, you, you talked about actually being able to get a hold of this equipment and cast it and do that kind of stuff. Um, What's a little bit of your background with, with the fishing and uh, the fly fishing and the fishing industry and everything else that got you to that point of Maxon? 
Well, you know, I've, I've been, I've been in the industry or the business fly fishing, fishing since about 1983, I think it was. Uh, I got involved in retail. Uh, my father-in-law owned a, a, a chain of stores, four stores total, uh, family business. And that's how I got in because he, you know, took pity on me. So I got to learn the retail end of fishing and, and it was everything fishing. We did fly fishing and all kinds of stuff. So that was, that was really my, my education. And I had the opportunity to learn really from some of the best fishermen and especially fly fishing, you know, guys that are still my heroes. Um, you know, I learned so much from, and I just had that opportunity to learn from some of the very best. And, um, and that, that's kind of what led me into 16 years of retail. Uh, I, I had a couple of different jobs in retail and management. Then I went to work for the Cortland Line Company as a, as a regional uh, manager. And I, I rep for Cortland for, for 14 years uh, as, a, as an employee, as a factory rep, and then went back and as an independent and picked up other lines. And uh, unbeknownst to me, a lot of the Cortland product that I sold was manufactured by the parent company of, of Maxim, Evergoing Products. And uh, so even though the brand is only five years old, the experience in building uh, fly tackle, they've got about 30 years doing it. So they, they know what's going on. And I was approached uh, at, a, at a show, at an ICAST show years ago, uh, probably about six years ago, seven years ago, because it, it took them to put things in, in, in order. And uh, you know, asked if I'd be interested in coming on board. They want to launch it under their own brand. And I said, yeah, because as a rep, as you're out there representing a product or a company, the way it works is, is that they say, here's my stuff. Here's my rods. Here's our reels. Just go sell it. You know, here's the pricing. Here's the program. Here's the warranties. Now go sell it. I get to these guys and they said, what do you want to sell? And I said, what do you mean? What, what, what I want to sell fly tackle. What fly tackle? Well, I want fly rods. What kind of fly rods? What, what do you want? And we'll build it. We'll build it for you. You tell me what you want that build it. So it's like, really? Yeah. So, you know, Justin Cameron is our primary designer and our, our chief guru. They brought Justin in and in a matter of, of just a few months, he laid out the entire beginning line in no time, worked his butt off. I don't know how he did it so quick, but they put the line together and they had a meeting of about six of us that they brought from different parts of the country and they laid it out and presented it and said, here's the product, look it over, what do you think? And after seeing it, and casting the rods, playing with the reels, putting it all through the, 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 the trials. I said, I can sell this stuff easy. I mean, how can you not? And, and you, know, you know, with branding, with, especially in fly, fly gear, so much of the, of the sales and the popularity of an item is in the brand that it's built. A lot of guys will buy something because the brand, because they hear it. I don't care if it's Nike or, or if it's Adidas or, Ford or Chevy or whatever, they'll buy because of the brand. Mm -hmm. And that's especially even more so in fly fishing. But if we can get people to take a minute and actually look, just like you guys did, mm -hmm. look at it, compare it, touch it, feel it, cast it, you'll go, 
this is a great rod. And then you look at the price and you go, that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting something at least twice that amount uh, because that's what it's going to take to be comparable in, in our quality and our material. And, uh, and so I said, yeah, I can sell this. And sure enough, it's taken some time. But since then, we've added products to the line uh, and we've had a game plan. We've had a, a, a business plan on how we're adding products and what products we add. And so much of it has come from just feedback from guys like you, guys in, in Pennsylvania, you mentioned Pennsylvania, we've been back to the, the show there in Lancaster a couple of times. And that's what we've done. We've, we've attended these local shows and talked to the people and said, you know, what, what do you want? Just like, just like the owner of Maxon said to me, what do you want to sell? That's what we ask guys, you know, what do you want to fish with? And uh, some of them said, oh, we need a nymphing rod. So we came out with a yeah. 10 and a half foot three weight nymphing rod. Mm -hmm. And it's a great little stick. You know, it's, it's not the, it's not the nymphing rod for everybody, but it covers most of the, you know, most of the need and uh, it's a price and a feel and it, it works. So that's kind of what we do. You know, we're, we're asking constantly, you know, what do you guys, what do you need? What do you want? And uh, you know, where is it that, you know, you just refuse to go price-wise because some of this stuff is just priced itself out of the market. Totally mm -hmm. for me, you know, not, not for other guys, but I mean, you know, I've, I've found that I, I don't need a thousand dollar rod to catch a fish, Yeah. you know, and being a rep, I was always, you know, when I was in the retail, I was more brand name oriented because I felt at that time, I was a lot younger then I was a lot more insecure I felt, you know, my reputation and my, my word as a salesman and experience, I had to have experience with this high-end stuff, which I, you know, which you, you get a few of. And, uh, you know, I found that it's nice. It's like a car. You know, I kind of come up with an analogy with a car. You know, you can get in a car and a Mercedes or a BMW or uh, a Volvo, Volvo or whatever. Well, I'll get you the 7-Eleven to get your drinking back, right? But the ride's a little different. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how rods are. You know, you can get some that'll all serve its purpose, but some are a little smoother than others. And some maybe a little lighter, feels better, but it's in the feel basically. But you know, when you can put something in your hands and say, this has got a good feel. It does everything that this rod will do. Maybe it's just not quite the field, but it's it's much cheaper in price. You know, uh, that's the guys we're we're trying to satisfy. You know, we want the guy that wants to get his kid into it. Right. You know, because one of the things I've seen over the years is that um, you know we're losing. There's a lot of fishermen out there, but we've lost a lot of the sportsmanship, a lot of the etiquette mm -hmm. that goes into it that makes it enjoyable for everybody. And so, you know, hopefully we can help along with supplying goods and stuff is to, is to help, uh, you know, help the sportsmanship, the etiquette, uh, you know, educate people on conservation, you know, on what it takes to preserve these fisheries so that we have fishing for generations, not just ourselves. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what our deal is. Absolutely. So uh, I, I don't know if you got a, a question for him, John, because I got a whole stack of questions. <laughs> so uh, I'm just making sure I'm still here. You said my internet was unstable. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um, Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, 
it, it really is, you know, Brian said it's a pleasure having you, but on, on, to get away from Max and a little bit more to you, if, if you had to say, I'm just curious, you know, as a, as an angler and someone that's been in the industry for so long, what, what, what's your favorite fish? What's your target species to go after? You know, I, I love it all. Um, you know, I, I, being in the business has, has afforded me some really great trips, um, you know, that I didn't have to pay for myself. So, you know, I, I've been able to, I've been able to fish in all of the different areas of the, of the, of the world. You know, I've been able to Atlantic salmon fish, you know, in Scotland, you know, I've been able to fish Canada, Alaska, I've been able to fish Man. the keys for tarpon and, you know, just all these different, all these different things. But, you know, it's interesting you say that because I'll tell you really my, my honest favorite is, is fishing some of my little local streams here in Utah. Uh, we're more than likely what I'm going to catch is about a 10 inch brown, a little wild brown, but 10, you know, 10 to 12 inches, you know, uh, on a little four weight dry fly rod. Uh, you know, you, you can't wipe the smile off my face. I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't get any better than that. You know, it, it's, it's all different experiences. I, I remember when I first went for my first tarpon trip and I was fishing with captain Frank Catino and Frank, uh, Frank is still with Cortland. He's been the Cortland national sales manager, uh, expert guy, great guide, man. The guy's just, he's one of my heroes and he gets us out there and, and I, I'm a, I'm a good caster. I've prided myself and I've had to learn. And that was one of the things that I felt was important for me being in the business that when I got out there to cast, I better learn how to cast. You can't sell a, you can't sell a fly rod to a customer that owns a fly shop. And, and not be able to cast or else you have no credibility, right? So, you know, I've always really, that's something I still work on uh, consistently. But I got out there with him and uh, he we're fishing and, and going back and forth and we're looking for fish. And finally he says, you know, we're going to try a different spot. He says, just throw your line out, reel it, put it on the reel and we're going to move. And I said, all right. So I, I made a couple of quick back casts and shot the line out there and start reeling. He goes, that's a great cast. And I said, well, of course it is. You know, <laughs> it was me. He says, that's not how you're casting. And I says, what, what do you mean? That's not how I'm casting. He says, you're all over the place, dude. He says, he says, your loops look like crap. He says, you're, 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 he says, I was worried. He says, can you cast like that all the time? And I says, I thought I was. And he says, no, you weren't. And I realized that, you know, when he's spotting fish and telling me where to cast, for the first time in my life, I really had like buck fever for fish. My heart was racing. So, you know, I was so excited, you know, fishing for these big, huge fish. And I remember I'm coming from a place where I'm excited over a 10 inch brown, right? Mm -hmm. So I start seeing these big, huge tarpon out there. And I guess, so, you know, I slowed down, paid a little more attention. And then I was casting a little better after that. But I didn't realize how fast my casting could go into the toilet just because I was so excited. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's all good, but you know, I, I really, you know, anything, any fly fishing is good. You know, I don't care if it's even for bluegill, um, you know, little, little trout, um, the bonefish, the tarpon, all that. It's all good. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. different. It's all different. And you never get enough of it. I, I've never mastered any of it, but but I, I love it all. So, but I would say that's my favorite really. It's just the little mountain streams and it's just, 
as much of anything, it's just being there, you know, mm -hmm. smelling the air. I was out fishing this last week with a buddy of mine. And I says, you know, it feels so good just to breathe pine air, you know, the mountain air. It's a little thin, but you can smell mm -hmm. the pines and the water. And it's, it's, it's just part of the experience. But, you know, I get as much excitement out as watching, like if we were out fishing and I see a guy throwing a nice line and fishing, I'll sit back and watch him because I enjoy, I enjoy watching other people fish, you know. Um, the nice thing about fly fishing is that, you know, what I like and what's good for me is not necessarily what you might like. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, I know some, some guys that are the competition, Team USA fly fishing guys, mm -hmm. great fishermen. Man, they can catch fish. They've learned the, the, the competition rules, the Euro nymphing, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff where they can put fish in the net, boom, 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 boom. You know, that, that's cool, and, and they're good at it, and, but that's the last thing I want to do. Right. You know, to me, it's not a matter of how many fish can I put into the net, how quickly you know, I get out there, it's smelling the air, it's the water, it's the sounds, it's it's the environment, and just slowing down and absorbing it all. And I expect to catch fish, but I don't have to catch a lot of them. And I don't need to do it all day long. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a little older now, I don't have the I don't have the, the stanima to go out there and pound it for 10 hours like I used to. You know, if I fish for three, four hours, five hours, I'm done for the day. You know, I'm spent. <laughs> Nothing like, wrong with that. You know, yeah. and it's just, uh, yeah, because that's that for me, you know, that yeah. works for me. So, you know, that's the beauty of, of fly fishing. And that's the, the thing that I try to convey to everybody is that, you know, you can get out of it what you want and you can get into it as heavily as you want to. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're into fly tying, I don't know if you guys, let me show you my little mess. I'm here at my desk, yeah. but right over my shoulder, there's my, <laughs> nice. there's my fly tying set up. So when I get sick of staring at a computer screen and I need a break, I pop over to the other chair and I'll whip out a fly or two, you know, um, entomology, so cool. you know, you can, you can get down to the basics of bugs or, you know, you can become a PhD in entomology if you want yeah. to. It's just, it's just so much to it that you, one lifetime is never enough. No, but, no. But, you know, it's, you get out of it what you want out of it. And that's the beauty of it. It's not one size does not fit all. Yeah. I, I that, think, you know, go ahead, John. No, I'm just, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I tie and Brian makes some tackle and stuff too. So I know exactly what you're sometimes just getting behind the vice is just that that 15 20 minutes to just get away from everything yeah. kind of recenter yeah. right like uh, that's why i was actually kind of late getting on here is because I, <laughs> I was i was i was tying flies bugs. i was i was tying flies right. with, some, uh, with one of our buddies uh from uh northern uh california oh that's cool so. <laughs> well you know that's yeah that's you know that's what that's what's so great about this and so you know um you know, being, being in my position where this has been, you know, my sport, my hobby, uh, plus my business, mm -hmm. you know, I've had the opportunity to really learn really from some of the best in the, in the, in the world, I think, you know, guys that I admire and, and uh, who have saved me a lot of time of trial and error, 
And, and, you know, I try to pay that forward as much as I can, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a great at anything, you know, I'm not a great tire, but I'm okay. They'll catch fish. I'm, I'm a good caster, but I, you know, I'm not a, a super great caster, but, you know, I, I understand the mechanics. I understand the physics. I understand the product, uh, the gear. So, you know, I can, I can help whether it's designing uh, items or, you know, selling it or uh, teaching, you know, I, I have friends that, um, you know, my son has friends and he'll say, Hey, my buddy wants an outfit. Can you get one for him? Yeah, I'll get it for him. Can you show, give him some casting lessons? And so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do that. That's cool. And it's just, you know, an opportunity to, well, you know, a lot of guys have taken their time with me, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, uh, have straightened me out so many times that I feel like, you know, I, I owe it, you know, uh, I need to pay it back when I can pay it forward if I can. So I try to do that as much as I can. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just a neat thing, you know, life it's is super cool. something you can do with a group of people or by yourself, you know, sometimes just being by yourself for half an afternoon is the best therapy in the world. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, that, that I think that touches on a, a, another factor is, is that the accessibility points of fly fishing, I, I think there's a, a common misperception and John and I talk about this a lot. And that common misperception is, is that you have to be, you know, a certain, you know, person in a certain place with a certain group of people in order to fly fish. And, and John and I both know that's not true at all. Because when we get right. our, you know, when that's we get true. our butt kicked out on the river and don't catch any trout, we'll still go down to the pond and go catch bluegill just to make ourselves feel better. And we'll do it on the fly rod. You know, everybody else is throwing bait out there and everything else. And yeah. We're out there. They're like, what are you doing? It's bang, bang. And we're blowing up, you know, bluegill or warmouth or pumpkin seed or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, panfish. We'll go out there and fish for those on the fly rod. And, and I see so many other opportunities for like younger people to get into fly fishing at that point just like what you were saying like hey get my kid a right. you know get my kid a, a rod and then maybe some casting lessons i think that's just that that's right there at the heart and soul of preserving the the activity you know the sportsmanship and, and conservation so um yeah it's just yeah. super cool to me i i it makes me happy to hear somebody from a manufacturer actually saying that because more times than not you know and and you have experience in retail fishing I worked, I, I had a very short stint working at a retail sporting goods store. <laughs> I'll, I'll always go back to that. It, I, I did it like as a little part-time thing while uh, work was slow. Uh -huh. and, and I saw time and time again, where, where folks would come in and they would say, Hey, what do I need? And it's like, Oh, you know, the kids would be like, you need to get this rod, this reel, all this other stuff. And they'd leave there and they'd end up bringing it up on their credit card because they didn't have enough cash when all they needed was maybe 30, $40 worth of stuff to go out and have a good time. And, right. Right. You know, that's kind of that whole thing. So, um, I, you know, not to sidetrack off too far, but Max and in, in general, who are you seeing as your, as your main customers, who's calling Brian and Justin and yourself and, and some of the other folks who are you running into at the sportsman shows or on the phone or via email what what is that that group of folks look like just in general you know it's 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 hard to to, to quantify that in into a certain group because we're seeing i would say more 
more younger guys. Now, younger guys to me, okay, guys <laughs> that I would say anywhere from the teenage years to good to forty. You know, okay. um, I, I guess four, I was a forty-year-old is a young guy to me. So. Yeah. I was, I guess um, I was kind of thinking, uh, you know, would it be more so like, are you getting a lot more novices and beginners or are you getting uh, kind of a mix of novice beginner and more advanced anglers? Yes. Yes. We, both. And, and that's the beauty of it because, um, you know, we're getting the, the new guys because they say, Hey, we have this, we have these outfits and you mentioned the passage, mm -hmm. the passage is a little eight foot six, uh, six piece four weight. That's great for little dry fly, you know, backpacking, hiking type of stuff. But our, our number one outfit is what we call a stone fly. Mm -hmm. And we have four, yeah. four rods in that. We have an eight and a half, four, a five, a six, and an eight weight. And yeah. that is our, our number one package because it's, it sells for under $200, totally rigged, rod, reel, line, backing, leader, case. It's good quality. It's a good rod. It's a good reel. It's a, this drag reel yeah um because i can't piece that together for that price if you buy everything individually it totals you know 40 dollars more than buying it as an outfit so you know that's really popular but the other thing we're seeing are guys that are experienced fishermen and and i even see this with my my own friends because you know i've got my friends have a tendency to have been a little on the snobby side you know these are guys that that fish uh, fish only the expensive sage winston scotts uh type of thing and yet they see me out there fishing maxim right and so they what's that rod you got well hey i i don't have a seven can i get you got something in the set sure so they start buying stuff from me and getting it and they're going you know that rod that's a good rod. I says, yeah, I know. I've got a guy. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's a, he's a retired coach from the NFL. And, and all he does, he, he rents his house out in, uh, in Idaho. He's up there in the, uh, uh, ski, uh, where is it? The, the, where the skiing is in Idaho. I don't even know what it's called, but he rents his house out in the, in the wintertime for skiers. And he goes to New Zealand for three months. <laughs> and then he comes back and he fishes all over the place. And he's a, he's a, he's a good fisherman and he's a wild firecracker, but he, right. he asked me if I, can I get a couple of outfits, those stone flies from you? And I said, yeah, I said, what, what for? He says, ah, you know, I've always got these guys that don't fly fish and they want to use my stuff. And I don't want to give them my thousand dollar rods because they'll break them. So I want to give them something that if I break, I'm not going to cry over. And I said, yeah, okay. So I got him our stuff, right? So he hits me up the other day and he says, hey, you know that, that Stonefly outfit? And I said, yeah. He says, that's really a good outfit. And I says, I know. He says, no, it's a really a good outfit. I says, I told you it was. He says, I know, but I didn't expect it to be that good for <laughs> under $200. Yeah. He says, he says, my outfit, he says, is a $1,500 outfit. He says, and this, this was every bit as good as that. And I said, well... I says, not really. And I said, but I said, you know, for, for what you're doing, he says, Hey, he says, I'll fish these any day of the week. So, you know, once they, once these guys get past the name brand thing, you know, and they actually get out there and they're doing it and they say, wow, this thing casts well, it feels good. It hooks fish, you know, it, yeah. it, it's not a, it's, it's not a 
detriment to my fishing success, you know, then they get past the no name, lack of brand recognition, you know. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's interesting in that respect that, um, that, you know, you don't have to spend the big money to get something good. And I'll tell you, that's changed over the last number of years because, you know, I remember back when graphite rods were really just coming onto the scene and especially the high modulus graphite rods, because, you know, that's, that's all when the aerospace industry was, was doing all this shuttle work and rocket work. And they were coming out with all these new graphites and they were coming up with all these new resins and things that you had your graphite one, your graphite two, your IM6, your IM7, your graphite threes, your graphite fours, all these different generations of graphite. And uh, we haven't had that for a number of years. So we're using the same materials that we were using 20 years ago. We haven't mm -hmm. really had anything new to speak of. So, you know, they've had to rely on paper, paper profiles and little things here, cosmetics, but, you know, the rods material-wise hasn't changed much. And, and uh, you know, we're finding that um, the, the less expensive stuff has had an opportunity to, to catch up mm -hmm. to the, the more expensive uh, stuff, you know. Uh, the price of graphite didn't, the high modulus graphite is, is more expensive, but not that much more expensive as what it used to be. So it, it's enabled um, for lower priced non-brand stuff to get better in quality mm -hmm. uh, without having to pay for the, you know, the advertising dollars, you know, if, yeah. uh, if Maxim ever puts me in a Range Rover or something like that and lets me drive <laughs> around in it, they will know the advertising budget was increased. But yeah. As it is, we, that hasn't happened. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just Steve, taking I, a peek here uh, at the combos, but uh, go, go ahead, John, because I'll, I'll get back to the combo thing. Yeah, Steve, I got to tell you, man, I, you know, Brian found max in through one of the shows and i i actually was introduced to it through brian and um i had my first run in with uh this isn't just a fish story because i'm terrible at them but i had my first um legitimate run in with a possible state record yesterday wow and the rod handled it exceptionally what actually gave was my leader the rod didn't give my fly line didn't give it was my bad knot Oh so no! I, so I've got to say, what, what, what were you fishing for? What were you? Uh, long nose gar. So okay. I am I'm in pursuit of the long nose gar Texas state record. Wow! And uh, I had it. It was you know like three. No no joke. I know it was three feet exactly because that's where my knot was because oh, I've been tying to oh. the to the IGFA standard, uh -huh. and I knew exactly that was three feet. And that was, I had my line pulled all the way up in the rod. The rod was loaded just perfectly, wasn't overloaded. And uh, I was white knuckle gripping my fly line because I was about to go down and land it. Oh. My, I thought my heart was going to beat out of oh, my chest. Oh no! And uh, it wasn't done fighting and it, it went back down. I, I saw the whole fish laid out and it went to go back down. And I'm looking straight down my eyes of oh, my no. rod. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> and did the line <laughs> break? Did it break or did the knot come the, the knot gave. Oh man. Yeah. That hurts. But the rod, that was the first 
I, I got this rod as a gift from my dad because I had previously broken two eight weights uh, fishing for gold. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and this is the 10. Uh, this is the 10. And it, I, I throw eight and 10 inch really heavy streamers for these guys. And uh -huh. it, it casts phenomenally. I mean, you got to put a little MAN on it sometimes, yeah. but it'll, it'll put yeah. it out there. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's the thing is, uh, you know, for, for trout fishermen that are used to throwing four fives and six weight rods, you know, you start even a, a, a 10, a 10 to me is, is a lot of work, but you can cast it, but you go from a 10 to a 12 and that then it's, it's like, man, these <laughs> things suck. Casting. I have yeah. yet to find a 12 weight that cast decent, you know, it's, they're all just, but at that point for a 12 weight, you know, all you're doing is looking for something that's massive to fight the fish once it's hooked, you know, um, if you can cast it, even a good cast is going to be marginal, but you know, <laughs> you go from a 12 to a 10, you go, oh, this is awesome. You go to a five weight, you go, what's, you know, what's this, you know, yeah, yeah. No, nothing exists here. But that's awesome. I, I'm just glad you didn't tell me it was Maxon Leader that broke. I, oh, so, no. You know, your rods are good, but your Maxon Leader oh, broke no. on, my, on my state record. You know, I was, I'm, I'm not going to lie. My, one of my concerns was the real seat at first. Uh -huh. I was, I was concerned with the real seat. I was like, will this hold? And it did. Yeah. It held fine. Yeah. It, it was, it held beautifully. In fact, well, that's, I, that's good to hear. Cause you know, if the thing is in, in manufacturing, any, there are there are things that happen and sometimes not enough glue is used or somebody screws up and 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 the quality control doesn't catch it at, you know at the end there and so you know some of that happens and there 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 can be a flaw in materials or a nick in a rod or something that's not cat caught but you know through our through our uh, our research and everything the chances of a rod breaking just due to a a manufacturer's defect or flaw in the material is probably about two percent um you know two rods out of a hundred will break regardless mm -hmm. it, most of the other breaks all on on top of that are due to the loose nut at the end of the handle in other words it's user error mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times you know a lot of times we'll we'll get guys that say hey i just pulled it out and was just casting it nothing nothing on it and it broke and you'll say, well, you know, do you ever, do you ever fish bead heads? Do you ever fish split shot on your leaders? Oh yeah, all the time. Have you ever thumped the rod with your bead head? Oh yeah, all the time. Well, you know, with graphite rods, you know, you can bruise it and then just the continuing flexing where you bruise it, eventually it's going to break or there's mm -hmm. a good chance it's going to break. And that's when it happens when you're least expensive or expected because, you know, that rod might've been bruised weeks before and it finally yeah. just broke. But usually uh, breakage due to, to a flaw in the material or, or, or error in manufacturing or something is a, right around 2%. Everything above that is usually user error. So, you know, we, you know, one thing with us is that we've asked people, please tell us how the rod broke, especially because we were coming out with these new lines of rods. And it was important for us to understand if we had a, if we had a flaw in our manufacturing if, the, if, the, uh, if we saw a break that was continuous in one area, then obviously we had, we had a problem in manufacturing somewhere. But, you know, when we say, look, we're, we're going to cut 
cover it. You're getting a new rod regardless, but send us pictures, tell us honestly how it broke. Mm -hmm. You know, the stories we hear, is, it's, it's great. You know, it's kind of like everything from the, the dog that I told you about. Uh, guys, yeah, like, like the car door caught it. Oh, the power window caught it. <laughs> I stepped on it. Oh, I didn't, you know. It's, and it's like to us, it's like, oh, good, because we would much rather replace a rod because a guy stepped on it than going, oh, we got to go back and look at a flaw in, are we cutting the graph or the, the pre-peg wrong? Or are we doing something in, in, the, in the manufacturing that's, you know, are the, are the feet getting filed down too much to where it's cutting into the blank after it flexes, you know? So, you know, I think what we're seeing overall is about a 5% breakage, 2% uh, of that is actual um, flaws in the thing and about 3% is, is user uh, error. So, you know, it's good for us to see more users breaking it than, you know, flaws in the materials, but that can't happen with anything, you know, sure. so, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's good to hear that, uh, you know, that it, it did the job for you though, that's, that's good it's music to our ears yeah i was i was i was not surprised because it, it get pictures when you get that state record get pictures and send them to i will us. so that we i can, must we definitely use them will. on our i would love to to post that on our on our social uh, uh social media you know the the max and rods with state records that's awesome <laughs> that'd yeah. be great yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I expect it to happen now. You know where the fish is, right? Yeah. You know where he's at. <laughs> hey, take no prisoners. Yeah. I, well, yeah. John's been working really hard at getting at that, and uh, you know that's one of his things. Is uh, he's going to continue to pursue that? I don't think I can get any state records around here on on a fly. Maybe, maybe I'm 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 starting small and working yeah. my way up. But when I do, I'll I'll put those pictures up too. <laughs> um, I'll never have a state record of anything, so I, that's that's okay though. Yeah, I'm too lazy to go work that hard. <laughs> I hear you on that one. That's it's like kind of chasing the golden goose egg. Uh, fortunately, yeah, uh, it's like. Yeah, that's those those. There's a lot a lot better fishermen out there that I'll I'll never touch. So that's I'll, yeah, I, I give. <laughs> yeah. So in addition to rods, you guys make reels also, and you have a really good selection yes. of reels. And and so, uh, you know, we we looked at the combos. I'm I'm looking at the reels. That's why I keep looking down. So I have I have your website pulled up over here on my phone, and I'm looking at the reels. I have a Talon. Uh, which is the one uh -huh. that I use on my 10 weight. I love that reel. It's a great reel, but you yeah, have all of these reel. different types of reels and stuff. Are the reels manufactured uh, by the, the same folks uh, ever going? Uh, do they do the reel manufacturing as well? We have it done in different, different factories. They're actually uh, all our reels uh, with the exception of the Talon. The Talon is a Korean reel. Um, the SDX, the SDP, and the MAX, those are all Chinese. They're, they're done in China. They're done in a different town. Um, so they're, they're coming from a different factory. Mm -hmm. But all three of those reels are reels that, uh, that Justin and I worked on together um, to design and to, um, you know, add to our uh, existing collection. And the thing about those reels is that 
you know, when we when we look at something to to add to our to add to our uh, our lineup, you know, we want to see the price point where it's going to fit, and we want to be aware of what the competition has out there for that price point, and uh, and then what would set ours apart. And, and there's many times we've had a lot of projects that are on the drawing board, and we get into them, and we find out that that you know we we can't do anything with it because we we really won't have anything to offer any better than what's out there at, at a better price. And so we'd say, what's the point? You know, we we just go out there and bang our heads against something. But like on these reels, for example, what we did is that we all three of those are machined reels. Mm-hmm. Now your your talon is an aluminum die cast with secondary machining. Yeah. But all these others are are cut from bar stock aluminum, right? Mm-hmm. So the beauty of a bar stock aluminum is, is that it's, it's, it's stronger. Uh, if you drop it, you know, it, it won't ever break. You might dent it, but you know, you can usually buff it, buff it out, straighten it. Um, and then the drag systems and the things we put on it. All, all three of our machined reels run on ball bearings. Each one of them have two ball bearings and a one-way roller bearing clutch. So there's three bearings in every one of those reels. Um, our SDX and the SDP are sealed drag systems. Yep. So that's got a much heavier drag mechanism. We use two friction discs on those. We non-asbestos, which is a uh, non-trademarked Teflon. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's two friction discs sandwiched between uh, stainless steel discs. Okay. So that, that no matter what happens with that reel, if you submerge it or whatever, it, it's it's all sealed. So there's nothing to interfere with the with the usage uh, slipping or expanding or contracting uh, of those discs that will affect the drag. So the drag is 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 a beast, and you can't burn them up. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of opinion on materials. And, you know, what I've always done is said, you know, like uh, a lot of guys like the old cork drags, the old style. And cork is great as long as it's fairly new. But once you've used it, once it's compressed, you lose a lot of that, that range. And that's why I like the carbon fiber stuff is because it doesn't expand. It doesn't contract. It stays the same. Uh, it can get hot. It can be cold. It can get wet. And it, it doesn't affect it. So our drags are, are beefy. You can't burn them up. They yeah. run on bearings, so they're smooth. And, uh, and then thanks to Justin, he made them look pretty. You know, he's got them looking yeah. kind of sexy. Uh, the SDX uh, stands for Sealed Drag X-Frame. I tell everyone it's the Steve Densley X-Frame, but they don't believe me. Um, the SDP uh, actually stands for sealed drag pelagic because we just needed to come up with another word for, you know, for water. Uh, and then we use both of those a lot in, in saltwater fishing where, um, you know, you've got to rinse everything so much with saltwater and, and being sealed, it's a lot less maintenance. So, um, you know, that's what we did with the reels there. We've, we've been working on, on strictly the COVID thing really put us back because we lost, a, we really lost two years in, in uh, product development because 
nothing was happening, of course, overseas and, and it just shut everything down. But one of the things we have in the works is a, is a big aim reel that can be used for two-handed rods, uh, you know, spade casting type stuff. Um, but the, the frame is gonna be made out of a carbon fiber and aluminum. And so it'll reduce, reduce some of the weight um, but yet make it an extremely strong and then have a sealed drag system on it too. So, um, you know, that's something that's in the works that hopefully we can regenerate that, uh, you know, that project uh, as things get up and, and running again. But, um, you know, the reels, one thing about our reels, our most expensive reel is $250. Yeah. And if you compare that, you know, with the bearings and the discs and the, and the construction and the machining and all that kind of stuff, you know, you're, you're going to compare it to a reel that's five to $700. Yeah. And um, I've used our reels. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've used a lot of nice reels in, in my time. And uh, I like, I like ours better than anything I've ever had before. So, you know, those are, those are exciting for me. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you say, well, you know, a lot of guys, and I've heard it all, you know, that you don't, you don't really need a, the reel is the least important part. And I, I disagree with that because I use my reels. Um, you know, if it's a little dinky fish on like what I usually catch anyway, you know, you don't, you don't need a reel. But, but even then, you know, even if I'm just on a normal sized river, if you've ever had to move, maybe move 10 feet downstream or move to an area that's shallower so you can land a fish or you need to go from faster water to slower water or whatever, if you've got line, loose line swirling around you, I'm going to step on it. I'm going to get it caught on a rock or on a stick. You know, I'm, I'm going to end up with, so I like to get my line picked up and I like to get them on the reel. And, and that, that way, you know, that I can use my rod to absorb the shock. I, I'm not as good with my fingers. So I'm likely to grab the line. Like you mentioned, the John, the death grip on your yeah. line, you know, I, I'm more likely to do something like that and not be able to release the line when I want to. So, you know, this way I can let the rod do its thing. I let the reel do its thing. And, and I, I land more fish with less tangles. So it's for me, you know, um, even Justin tells me, he says, I disagree with you on that and on four weight. And I said, well, you know, if I, even on a four weight, a little rod, I'll, I'll put them on the reel. Just, it's just my way of doing it because I don't like this loose line, you know, or you try to do something and you picked up a stick and a leaf and, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's just me. And, and it's not to say my my, my way is the right way. And it's just whatever, you know, blows your skirt up, but I do use my reels. And um, that being said, the drags we have on these reels is like way overkill. You know, you'll never, you'll never use a fraction of what these reels will do. Uh, because our tippets and our leaders aren't that strong, you know. Um, I, you know, I remember having, I've repped Hardy, Hardy reels for, for quite oh, a wow. while when I was with Cortland. I got an old, And old I had uh, the old one. Yeah, even the old ones. But the, Hardy was coming out with some new disc drag stuff when I, when I started repping them. And, mm -hmm. and Andy Murray from Hardy came over to the U.S. and spent, spent a, a few days with me over in Denver uh, calling on shops. And they'd just come out with this new reel, beautiful reel. And we took it into a shop and the guy grabs it. And the first thing he does is tighten the drag down. And then he says, the drag's not tight enough. And Andy says, mate, he says, that's a five weight reel. He says, I know, but it won't crank all the way down. He says, 
mate, you don't want it to crank all the way down. He says, this is a trout reel. He says, you do that. He says, you're busting your liner or, or a rod. He says, it doesn't matter. It has to crank all the way down to sell it. And he says, if you're trying to sell this to somebody that's that dumb, he says, please don't sell them a Hardy. And, you know, he was this guy that the mentality of a disc, it's like, you know, it, it, but it's, it's, it's just different people's perceptions on stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, like I say, these reels we have, man, they, they tighten up more and everything than, than you'll ever possibly <laughs> ever come close to. But you know, the, the thing is, is that when you do tighten them down, a lot of reels, and you, you might do this when you test a reel out, is, is I sit back and I turn them backwards on that drag and I'll, I'll, I'll feel for the high spot or the sticking spot mm -hmm. because a lot of these drags, the way they're built, you know, there is, that's, there's, a, there's a bump either in the disc or in the material or the pad or whatever, and, and it'll turn and also it'll catch and it'll turn again and kind of catch and it can be very slight. And when we did these, I made sure there is no catch. It is just as smooth, no matter how much you tighten it down. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that. That, to me, is the, a mark of a good, consistent drag. And it's overkill. You know, it really yeah. is overkill. But, you know, I guess that's what they want. So that's what we gave them. <laughs> but i know you got some stuff so i'll let you go ahead <laughs> okay i didn't i didn't know well you, had. you know that's uh yeah hit me yeah so yeah the i i i was showing john the rod he was like well how much power does it have and so i have that talon reel on my rod so I did what exactly what you said. I cranked it down all the way and I took a piece of 20 pound test fluoro and I tied it off to the main line just on the loop. And I tied it off to the uh -huh. barbecue and I lifted up on the barbecue with it to show them <laughs> how much power the rod had. <laughs> and and that brake held the other side of the, it is a little Traeger, but I just, I was like, here, look at this. I'm like, like that. And he was like, oh, you're kidding. I was like, no, here you go. I'm like, my arm's shaking like this, holding it up. I'm like, I think you can yank like a, eight foot alligator gar out so or yeah. uh, you know whatever whatever prehistoric monster you want to go chase after that that break holds a lot <laughs> oh, i'm I, so glad i didn't break on you <laughs> oh no no if i would have broke it it would have been my own fault but you know i just oh it, no but it, it would have been stupid for me to call up justin or brian and said yeah so i was demoing this rod for my friend i hooked it to a barbecue and i lifted up the other side of it <laughs> <laughs> but it well it's it, good to hear that we're you know we're standing yeah. up to some pretty pretty tough uh, ridiculous you know, stuff testing. if i if well, i would have well, had a cinder block i would have done that instead <laughs> you know you got yeah, yeah, sure. as as you know uh working class fellows we get a little resourceful sometimes yeah. well you know and, uh, i'll tell you it's, it's kind of good to hear this because you know yeah. like i say unless we hear you know we, we ask how did the rod break type of stuff and it's always music to our ears to hear that it broke for, for some other reason rather than a, a flaw in the material or, yeah. or something in production. And yeah. so, you know, if we were heard, if we were to hear that, we'd laugh, we'd replace the rod anyway. Yeah. But at least to go, well, at least it broke on a Traeger. And, <laughs> <Yeah. you know. laughs> well, like I said, we, we do some crazy stuff. You know, I, I, 
I, I can't count the amount of times I've done wild stuff fishing, you know, where, where people are like, how did you catch that fish? It's like, oh, a long story, but this is what I did. And they're like, how did that even work? You know, cause we, John and I, we, we get stuff from different people that manufacture lures and flies and stuff. And we'll catch some species that right. they never thought that you could catch on that. You know, they're like, you can catch yeah. that. So we're always doing goofy stuff or I am anyways, John's probably a little bit more careful, but I'm a little bit more renegade, I guess, when it comes to that yeah. kind of thing. So, well, uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting to hear this because that, that, uh, you know, that, that makes me feel good to know that, you know, that our stuff is, is getting tested to the max and, and we're, and we're beyond. standing there adding up to the test yeah that's good that's, it, that's it, really if long. i could have went out to a river and snagged it for him and hauled a uh you know a, a <laughs> log off the bottom for him that that probably would have been a more legitimate test yeah but, um yeah, that's, that's yeah. still good so you know when when somebody's coming up to you at a trade show and and like like my uh experience of seeing the passage as the first rod that i was shown at that trade show if you were going to recommend one of your combos to somebody just getting started out, and I know this is like probably the big magic question, but which combo would you recommend from Maxon? Because we're, we're gear guys too. We love the gear, but you being the, 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 the sales guy, what would you recommend as like a good beginner combo? You have the Timberhawk, the Stonefly and the Passage. Which one of those three would you recommend? Yeah, probably for the, the, the most all around would be the Timberhawk. And then, then pick or not, not the Timberhawk. I'm sorry, the the Stonefly. Stonefly. Um, and and I'll, and I'll tell you why that over the Timberhawk. Um, but I, I would pick the Stonefly and then pick the line weight for the type of fishing you're doing. Uh, like I say, it comes in a four, five, six, and an eight. So you know, if you're fishing, most of the if it's a youth, if it's a young person, I'd put them in the eight and a half four. Um, if it's if you're it's an all-around adult trout fishing i'd go with the five if it's more for steel water larger flies um maybe some of the bigger dry flies i'd go with the six uh if it's for bass if it's for uh um, maybe some of the salt small steelhead salmon um small salt water uh, you know, something like that, then I'd go the eight. Okay. So it kind of gives you, a, you know, a, a good, a good uh, selection there, depending. But I would go with the Stonefly over, over the Timberhawk. The Timberhawk outfit is, uh, is $120. And the, the Stonefly, I think is $190. Yeah. And, um, and the, and the, the, the difference between the two is number one, the real. The reel in the stonefly is the talon, the same reel you have. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a, a an aluminum reel with a disc drag. The reel that comes in the talon is a graphite reel, and it's a nice little reel. But the problem with graphite is if you drop it, it's it's going to break much easier. It's not. It's yeah. a pretty uh, uh, fragile reel. Um, the other thing is is that the, the stonefly has a higher modulus graphite in its rod than the timberhawk. It's not a big difference, but but there is a little bit of a difference, and the overall weight is less. Mm -hmm. The really other thing is is the case, yeah. Um, because most most broken rods are a result of no no case. 
and having the case that protects the rod and the reel um, is well worth, you know, uh, well worth the extra money too. So for those reasons, I, I would go with the stonefly. Yeah, it seems like just a rock solid combo, you know, and, and it's got some great reviews on your website. Um, you know, one right here from July 22nd today, uh, picked up the yeah. combo. Uh, I'll, I'll read the review right here. Uh, picked up this combo after deciding to get into fly fishing. Don't make the mistake of thinking this is just a starter kit. Uh, he said, I'm only a year into fly fishing, but I've used it for trout and a big one at that. And even picked up a couple largemouth and a bullhead catfish on it. Uh, terrific quality. And if you have any questions, the customer service is impeccable. Obviously, we know that as, as the customers, but um, that's really cool. The, and, and, yeah, that's... you know, you, I've, I've heard in the past that the, the, the loudest things that you hear are all the negative, but there isn't a single, like nobody ever says anything bad about the Maxon products once they purchase them. They might look at them and say, well, it's just cheap gear when they walk through like a sportsman's yeah. warehouse or a buy mart or something like that, which is where we have here. They might say, well, it's just the cheap gear. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta pass that and go over to Sage or TFO or something, you know, one of those two, but, but this, right. this is incredible. And, and, and the fact that you're capable of fishing multi-species and using it in, in that, in that capacity. So I, uh, you know, I've, I've been kicking around, picking up another combo because I take so many people out and, and using one of my older right. combos to, to hand me down and get myself a new one. And I love that Talon reel. So that, that's a good one, but the Stonefly, and, and we'll feature that also uh, in the show notes. We'll, we'll put a link to the website with that in there too. So that's not uh, oh, a awesome. problem for us. Yeah. So that way uh, folks can go. Well, that's, and they can... That's, yeah. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's good to hear. And, you know, the thing is I, I get so, I get concerned a lot of times when, you know, we leave, leave ourselves open like that because a lot of times I expect somebody from Reddington to go in there and write a review of our stonefly. You know what I mean? I mean, they're kind of say, yeah, this is the biggest piece of junk and I hate it and blah, 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 because that, that can happen. And, and we know that, but um, you know, the, the thing is like, just like I said, my buddy, Jack, this guy fishes all the high end expensive stuff. And he, he tells me, Hey, that's really a good outfit. And I, I said, I know. And he says, no, but it's really good. It's like, you know, guys like this guy, you know, he's, he's experienced, even though he's not got a lot of years, but he can tell the difference between good stuff and bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, most guys can. Uh, that's one thing I learned in my retail days is that back then, you know, it was really tough to, to put together an outfit for what the price of this is of that quality, because it just, it didn't exist as, as at that time. Um, you know, a lot of times you had to spend more money to get a, a halfway decent rod. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, now that, that that's all changed, uh, it's much more accessible, but it's, uh, it's good to hear guys come from them because, you know, I can tell you how good it is. And you say, well, yeah, but you're from Maxon. Yeah. We expect that from you. So for us, sometimes third-party credibility has got, it will carry so much more credibility than what we have. You know, they expect us to tell you how good it is. So it, it's yeah. good to hear that. But, uh, you know, also, you know, you get somebody that gets ticked off or mad or something and 
they, they can do a lot of damage just by posting a bad review, you know, but that's, yeah. that's, that's good. But it, yeah, you know, that's, that's really what we strive for. And, you know, since, since uh, Justin came out with the first existing line of product, you know, he, we've added, we've added the Aurelius and that's a, that's a, that's a high-end rod for us. It's a $250 retail. Uh, it's, it's, it's made with the, the highest modulus graphite, the 40 ton. Uh, it's a beautiful rod. And we built this to have a little bit softer tip section. It's a fast action rod. It's got a little softer tip to protect some of those lighter tippets for trout fishing. So, you know, if you're, if you're a guy that says, Hey, I'm, I want a rod to fish for trout, a nine foot five weight, and I might be throwing dry flies, but I might be throwing nymphs and I might even throw a streamer mm -hmm. all on the same section of the river with one rod that's the rod i would go with if you're looking for a fast action rod with a little stiffer tip then i'd say go with the double x and i i fish a lot of our double x uh on steel water fishing where i'm throwing bigger flies i'm fishing out of a kick boat um using sinking lines uh that's a great rod for generating line speed and distance throwing tight loops um we have the uh the Salish, which is our newest edition, which is basically our big game rod. And this came from, from requests of, of guys, uh, you know, in your neck of the woods, uh, Pacific Northwest. But then we started getting a lot of feedback from guys down in Florida, uh, the North Atlantic for the, for the uh, uh, stripers and stuff like that up in there, where they wanted a big game rod uh, that would handle the salt water. Mm -hmm. So we, we did the Salish and they come in six through 12 weights. Okay. And this is, if, if, uh, if you ever feel like the Falcon um, isn't, isn't muscly enough for you, then, then the Salish might be your go-to. We put a big, big ball fighting butt on it. It's a, it's a, it's a beast of a stick, Man. but it throws a good line. I, I fished the six weight for steel water and it's a beautiful fishing rod. It's a nice rod, but it's yeah. got a little more, it's got a little more backbone to it, you know, for fighting the fish. And that works out, you know, it's got the anodized uh, snake guides and, and, and strippers, um, handles the, the elements of the salt a little bit better. Um, and it's a, it's a beast of a stick. Yeah. So depending on what you're, you're looking for, you know, the only other rod we added beyond that was the, the nymphing, the nymphing rod, the NX3, yeah. 10 and a half foot three weight. And that's, that's primarily for your, your nymphing techniques type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but between, between the Falcon, which is just a, a good all around rod. Um, we also have the gorge. Now the gorge is our entry level four piece rod. And we have a lot of different sizes in that. It's a, a little, it, it, in each one of our steps up in price is a higher modulus graphite. So mm -hmm. the gorge where the, I think the Falcon is a 37 millionths modulus. I believe the Gorge is a 42 millionths modulus. And it's a, a four piece rod, comes with the case, um, kind of a flat matte green color. It's a beautiful yeah, rod. I'm, I'm looking at um, it, it's beautiful, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's really a good little rod. And I think they retail for 120 bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, for a four piece in a case. Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, the that's case. probably right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I keep all these rod models. I keep looking at them on the website because 
I was like looking at the Salish and the Aurelius and all that. It, the Aurelius is a beautiful rod too. The real seat on it that is. thing. Oh my it's, gosh. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's a little, little more, you know, to the guys that like pretty, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause we got the nickel silver, uh, real seat on that and the, the wood real seat and, and, it, and that color is just an eye catching. No, let's face it. It's, it's, it's about the looks. It's, it's really, yeah. you know, it doesn't have anything to do with function or anything like that. <laughs> it's just pretty. So, you know, we, we're into that too. Yeah. So uh, I've noticed on a lot of the rods, uh, most of them are cork. Is that something specifically done by design? Is that so you get that more sensitive feel? Yes. Yeah, we okay. do that on purpose. Uh, everything that we, we use a high grade cork. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it goes 3A, 4A, the very highest grade cork we don't use, we use the next oh, one down. Okay. And that's strictly because of cost. The really high expensive stuff has no pits, but it's extremely expensive. And so ours has less pitting, but you know, that's one of those things that, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, a lot of times guys will, and, you, and you'll see this maybe with the edge rod where they've got a graphite handle, or I've seen rods with wood handles on them and stuff. And really the overall, overall by a large percentage, guys prefer, prefer the cork. And one of the advantages there is that depending on if it's a man or a woman or personal preference, if you take a cork and maybe hopefully it's maybe got a little more uh, body to it, you know, you can take a little fine grit sandpaper and you can take it down and customize it to where you, or it feels good to you. And so that's an advantage to having cork that you can't do with anything else. Um, but, you know, I know me personally, and I, I don't know if it's just, it's because what I've been conditioned to use, but anytime I've tried a rod that's not cork, it throws me off. It just doesn't feel right to me. And, uh, you know, I was looking at these edge rods because we did the show in Portland a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. We were right across the aisle from them. And I, I looked at the rods. They're really interesting because they had this free-floating blank and that goes into yeah. this handle. And so it wasn't a, directly attached to the handle. Have you seen yeah. them? Yeah. They're, they're really kind of funky, you know. And I'm looking at this thing going, wow, you know, it's a neat concept, but I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. But I'm feeling this thing and I'm going, I couldn't fish this. It, yeah. it would drive me crazy trying, you know, I, I wouldn't concentrate on fishing. I'd be going up, freaking out because of this rod but they're beautiful, but they had such a, a different feel. Whereas I can pick up a regular cork rod handle and, and, uh, and if it feels good, man, from there, I can just ride it out, you know, do everything else. But, um, but a lot of that is, is like I say, can be remedied with a little sandpaper mm-hmm. uh, to suit your own personal preference. So that's one advantage, but yeah, Everything we do with, is with the cork, and we do that by design. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, every, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when it comes to designing our rods, you know, what, we've, what we kind of do is go back and forth and saying, okay, this is, this is a rod that we want. Same with the Salish. You know, we looked at the Salish, and we said, okay, we need a big game rod, saltwater. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no small stuff, no, nothing smaller than a six six through 12. 
and so this is all big game, big fly, kind of the stuff that you're doing, John. You know, this is kind of what we had in mind for that. And so, you know, how do you, you know, what kind of, all right, let's go with the action of the rod. We're going to be throwing big stuff. And so we want good backbone in fighting the fish. We don't want the thing so stiff all the way through it that it won't cast because it's got to cast and it's got to be able to load with these funky flies, right? So, you know, we, we came up with the, the taper profile that we wanted. And then, of course, it's designing the components, uh, oversizing the stripping guides, which we did. We oversized the fighting butt on it, which we wanted because you're definitely going to be, if it's big game stuff, you're going to be laying that into your belt. And, um, you know, little things like that. So having a purpose for the rod and then designing it and then saying, okay, to the engineers, this is what we got. And, you know, we might go back and forth with a few different prototypes. They'll send them over and we'll cast them, hand them out to a few guys. And with the Salish, that was a project that got put back a couple of years, but it really gave us time to send our, our samples around uh, to different guys across the country so that we got feedback from, from guys from Florida. We got feedback from guys in California, Oregon. Um, I played with them. Um, some guys up in the uh, Atlantic Northeast. And so we, we were able to get a lot of feedback from guys saying, yeah, I like this. I didn't like this, this, and this. So that when we, we came down to the final uh, touches on the rod, you know, we, we knew what we needed to change to fit what we wanted it to do. And that's, you know, that's how we approach stuff. Um, the thing that when I was at Cortland that used to drive me crazy was there for a lot of years, none of us that was selling the stuff had any input on what we were selling. The guys back at the home office would go out and I, I swear they'd go into a box and say, make that green and we'll buy it. So, okay. And that was our Cortland rod, you know? And cause Cortland, Cortland had some good rods and then they had some real clinkers mm -hmm. and you know, the clinkers I, I never took out of my bag. You know, it's just like, I, I can't sell this, you know, I tell you, I'm a lousy salesman. If it's good, I'm a great salesman. But if I have to, if I have to tell somebody, yeah, this is good. And it's not, he's, he's going to know I'm going to lie, you know, right. Um, with, with Max and when I hooked up with Max, it's really funny because um, I hooked up with these guys first as a, as an independent rep. And um, I was repping some other lines. And so I'd, I'd go see my dealers and I, I was repping this other line of, of rods, more expensive, much more expensive than Maxim. And I'd go see the dealers and I'd say, okay, hey, I got a new line of rods and reels, Maxim. And then I've got this line of, of brand X. And I'd show them to my dealers. And they'd, my dealers would say, hey, Steve, what, which, which of these rods do you think I should buy? And I said, both. I said, they're two totally different price points. Buy this for the Maxim to fit this price point buy brand x for this price point and they'd look at me and he says okay you're my customer you walk into my store and i'm going to show you brand x i'm going to show you maxim as my customer which one are you going to buy now you know one thing that that i learned at least for me is i can't lie to my dealers because if you lie you forget what lie you told them and if you lie to them your credibility with them is shot mm -hmm. And so I, I, the guy played me like a fiddle, you know, he backed me right into the corner. And I says, in all honesty, if I'm your customer and I'm going to buy one of these two rods, I'm going to buy the Maxim. He says, 
that's because the Maxim's the better rod. And I says, it is. He says, I know. And he says, if you'd have told me this other, he says, I'd have kicked you out of here. And I said, well, this is still a good rod. He says, it's not twice as good as this. I said, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. He says, Max is better than this. And that's twice as much. I says, I know. So, you know, after a few of these encounters are similar to that, I dropped that line. And then I started working closer with Maxima and they said, hey, how, how do you feel about um, getting a little more involved with the company? And I says, hey, I'd, I'd love it. And they said, okay, I'll tell you what, we're, we'll allow you to take your, keep your territory and pay a commission on your sales. But then we'll also pay you a very tiny, small salary to do this other work for us and get involved in the product development, go to China, do all these other things, do these shows, mm-hmm. you know, and that will, that will cover you. I said, absolutely. Because this is the, like I say, the first company that's ever asked me, you know, what do you want to sell? And yeah. so, you know, for a guy that's been around as long as I have to get this excited about selling something, it's because there's a little bit of me in it, you yeah. know, they didn't just give it to me and say, push it, go sell it. It's like, I know what's involved in this and this is good. It's a good thing. And it's worthy of your, of your efforts to go fishing because I know you won't be disappointed with it. You know, it's good stuff and I'm not taking you to the cleaners. It's a fair deal. And, uh, and that's, that's, you know, that's almost unheard of anymore these days. So that's what makes it, that's what makes it exciting for me. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so um, go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say real quick, um, you got to forgive me because I, I didn't look this up myself, but I am going to ask you anyway. Okay. Um, so is that same warranty? So my Falcon has a lifetime warranty, uh, pending uh intentional damage right is that carried throughout all of your rods see that that is what i thought in my i you know i have the euro nymphing buddy that's been looking at your your nymphing rods Uh, i've got another question for that rod specific uh but he was like it's got a lifetime warranty and I'm, i'm just really hoping I'm going to start recommending your product for price point. And after I've used it uh, and I have now, I, I'm, I, I can't not recommend that to people getting into it, especially here where I live, you know, uh, of course, this is the Mecca of fly fishing here in Northeast Texas. Right, you right. know, it just, I mean, everybody fly fishes, yeah, so, cool. but, but I can't not recommend that to my like three buddies that are interested in fly fishing now. Yeah, sure. It's, That's great. So, but for your, your nymphing rod, have you ever considered, I'm sure you'll have, but have you ever considered adding an, an additional rod piece for those guys that want to go from that 10.5 to say that 11 or 11.5 yes. range? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We, we, you know, that, that, that has been suggested to us um, on a couple of other different rods too. And, and I can tell you the, the problem, the problem that we've had is in, in doing that, it creates uh, some inconsistency in the flex of the rod. Because once you lengthen that out, like say, for example, the best way to, ex- to explain it, back when I started fly fishing, the most popular rod was an eight and a half foot six weight. That was the number one graphite 
graphite was just really coming out making a, 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 a strong showing and the average trout rod was an eight and a half six and then uh, when the new graphite started to come out they lengthened that out and all of a sudden now the number one trout rod is a nine foot five but you know with me starting off with the eight and a half footers that's my that's my favorite length for a rod for all around fishing is an eight and a half footer I fish a lot of eight and a half fours eight and a half fives but you know we don't even make an eight and a half five in the majority of ours the only one we make that in is in the in the gorge but if you look at a nine foot five rod of the same style model and compare it to an eight and a half five the base on that nine foot is much bigger. Just, just to make that extra six inches in length, you have to build up from the very bottom, everything out, just like a pyramid, you know, and then build up from there. So when you start getting down into the tip sections and you decide to make a cut from here to here and insert another piece, getting that to, to flow and to flex consistently, we couldn't make it feel good. And we didn't want to do it um, and then have people say, well, it's just a gimmick because in that essence it would because, because structurally and, and the feel of the rod just didn't feel right. So that we did consider that it was, you know, we played with that and we couldn't make it work to our satisfaction. Yeah. So I, I think to do that, you know, we'd have to probably come out with just a separate rod with that length. You know, I, I genuinely appreciate the honesty in that answer that that means a ton to me, you know, at, uh, on the consumer side. And as a guy curious about stuff like that, you know, that that means a ton to me that, yeah, it was thought about. But not only was it thought about it, you guys didn't like it and you weren't about to sell something that you didn't stand yeah. behind. And I appreciate well, that. You know, that's, you know, I, that's how we are, though, too. You know, I, I can tell you. You know, a couple of years ago, we were we were doing that Pennsylvania show in Lancaster, and uh, it was Justin and I working the show, and um, and we had a guy walk up and he he asked us if we had a an eight foot three weight or, or some kind of rod. Uh, back there in Pennsylvania, they have a lot of small streams, and they, a lot of guys are looking for really short fly rods back there, enough to where that's another project that we've got going, but it's kind of on hold is like a small stream series of rods that are short, but up to five weight, you know, that'll handle this brushy type stuff. But, you know, he says, if you got this and this, and, and Justin says, no, he said, but you know what though? He says, there is a vendor here that has that rod. I saw it. And he walked him over to our competition vendor and turned him over to that guy. And he said, hey, this guy's looking for a rod that you have and it looks pretty good. I'm not endorsing it because I don't know the rod, but I know you have it. I'll leave it up to him to decide, you know? So, you know, the thing with us is, is that, you know, we never badmouth our competition ever, at least maybe in private. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we, we really don't because, you know, the fly fishing industry is such a small industry and we, mm -hmm. we really are in, in this together. And, you know, I, I'm totally aware who, who our competition is and, and we try to compete, but we try to compete, you know, on a, on a quality price um, level uh, and not, you know, by bad mouthing anything. Right. And, you know, if we can help some, if we can help somebody 
by pointing them in the right direction, even if it's selling uh, one of our competitors' rods to them, if it fits him, if it helps him, because we weren't able to, we'll do it. You know, I mean, that's, we want to make sure this guy's taken care of. Because I found that, you know, you take care of the customer and you treat him good, he's going to go, wow, that guy didn't need to do that for me. That was good of him. So I'm going to consider the, you know, his, his stuff next time. And so, you know, it'll come back. Mm-hmm. But, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to BS anybody because honestly, if you do, they're going to catch you mm-hmm. guys out there that are into this fishermen. Uh, and and they, you don't need to be fishing for 20 years to figure this out. You can, if you fished for a year, you can tell the difference between rods. And if you try to BS them, they're going to know you're BSing them and, and then you lose your credibility and, mm-hmm. and then they won't give you a, a second look. So, you know, we, we respect that and we try to do what we can to, to help. And we're all, you know, the nice thing about us is we're small enough to where if you tell Justin, me or Brian, Hey, you know, here's a suggestion for you guys. It's going to get, it's going to get brought up. And, you know, it may go somewhere, it may not, but, you know, there's a lot of things that, that we've looked at and we've considered, um, and, you know, that's how you grow, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you, you get better is by listening. Um, you know, we have a little rod that's called a Versa. It's a seven and a half foot fly spin combination. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's got spinning rod guides on it, but the handle reverses. Yep. So you can put a fly reel or a spinning reel on it. That is cool. And I, I've, I've fished it both ways. And, and to be honest with you, it's nothing new. It isn't, a, it isn't a, an original design. Eagle Claws had the old Trail Master mm-hmm. uh, rod out there for 60 years, probably. And, and they do the same thing. But ours is built out of graphite. It actually throws a pretty good this is fly cool. line and it's, it works out great for, for, you know, high mountain, uh, fishing, uh, on monofilament. But, but a few years ago we were at the, at the ICAST show and uh, this is a true story that cracks me up. This but it was cool like you know, the end of the show is like the last day of the show and it was getting down late. And so, you know, you have to wait for them to, bring your pallets out so you can tear your booth down. So we're killing time. And our rep from Canada, his name's Dan McCrimmon. Dan's a great, great caster. Man, he's a good caster. He's, he's a great fisherman, really a cool guy. And he's, he, I said, hey, let's put, a, let's put a fly line on that Versa and, uh, and take it over to the casting pond. Now that's blasphemy, stepping up to the IFTD casting <laughs> pond with this fly spin combination, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway we're we're up there playing with this thing and and dan's got it and he's he's doing a lot of these little spay casts with it just goofing off but he's putting this line way out there i mean i'm talking a long ways and uh this guy comes walking up and that's the year that sage won the best of show with their sage one or something like that i i can't remember and this this typical fly shop dude with the shorts and flip-flops a plaid shirt ponytail and a hat <laughs> comes up and he says and he's casting this sage and he looks over to dan and he goes what kind of piece of shit is that you're casting and dan in his canadian accent says 
oh, this is the kind of piece of shit that's putting out 20 feet further than you. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy looks at Dan and he says, touche. <laughs> True story. I love it. <laughs> I cracked it. This is awesome. I, this, I wish I'd have given anything to have that on on. That could have been that could have been like the ultimate testimonial to that rod. So that oh, that's just <laughs> you know, and he was so quick, you know, because he's out there doing, and they're casting next to each other. Yeah, what kind of piece of shit is that? What kind of piece of shit is putting out twenty feet further than you? And he's still on the stage one. Oh, that's awesome. That, no, that's, yeah, that's you. You cannot go wrong that's, with that. That's a true story. That that right there. Yeah, you so, know, what? it's just. It serves a purpose, you know, for a guy that, you know, wants to go camping or wants to leave a, car, a rod in his uh, in his car or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's not expensive. It's under $100 for the rod. And, you know, you put two reels with it. You got yeah. some versatility there. You know? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Probably you... not the world's greatest spinning and it's not the world's greatest fly, but it'll work for both and kind of fill in, you know, a, a big chunk of that of that area. So, yeah, um, Absolutely. Well, I, I, I pulled it up yeah. again, you know, uh, just to look at it. And then I started looking at the configurations with it and everything else. And, you know, that it's just really cool to take a look at. So this might be a rod that I got to buy anyways, just because, and, uh, you know, put a little ultralight. Reel love on it. It. It's, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, a, it's a great little rod, you know, that's a, you know, that's a good rod for your kids, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I, t- I take it out we go fishing and, and a lot of times we'll stop and hit a lake and throw a flying bubble or something, you know? No, this is, this is awesome. It's so fun. it's fun. It's fun to do it. <laughs> so um, future things coming up for Max and, and we'll wrap up here in a few, but um, what, what do you guys got on the radar? I watched your YouTube and I watched Justin tear the reels apart and put them back together and, and show how to like reverse the drags yeah. and stuff. But I also saw rafts sure. on there. And and so are you right. guys producing rafts now through Maxon? It's not through Maxon Outfitters. It's uh when I mentioned uh, our owner doing OEM and, and inflatables, that's mm-hmm. how he got started. He started inflatables. Okay. And a couple of years ago, more well, more than a couple of years ago, it's probably been about five years ago. You know, we thought uh, that we would take, because when I say does the rafts, he does a lot of these big, you know, big whitewater rafts, you know, mm-hmm. these seven man big things. They make these big pontoons that'll, that'll ferry vehicles across and stuff. Wow. I mean, he, he, he's done some big stuff. And, you know, being a, being a fly, still water fly fisherman in Utah, you know, we do a lot of kick boating type of stuff. So, you know, we, they came up with a couple of inflatable boats for fly fishermen. And one of them is, uh, is uh, the XBW 239, which is the raft style. So it looks similar to the Watermaster mm-hmm. uh, design. And then we came up with this other one, which was a flat, uh, the XBW 240, which is a six inch inflatable uh, drop stitch uh, PVC that I fish out of still, uh, I put a little 30 pound electric motor on it mm-hmm. and, and covers a lot of water. And, you know, we, we gave that a shot and, you know, it was one of those things that just didn't really work for us. Um, and I think that, I think the thing, the reason was, was, uh, was price point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to go through our our dealer uh, our dealers for sales, and I think it kicked the the price up to a point that um, was a little tougher to swallow. So the dealers weren't moving them. So we said, well, we'll just sell them through our website and clean them up. So we dropped the price down to what the dealer cost was just to, you know, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And then they started selling like hotcakes and then they we sold out of them. And so we've had enough demand to, to keep uh, ordering a few, I think just the, the round style, the flat one, I don't think, I don't think it's going to go, but um, we're kind of still looking at it because it's just, it really doesn't fit in with the Max and Outfitters. So right now they're being sold under another, under another uh, company under the umbrella called Maxim Inflatables. Okay. And it's a, it's a separate deal than the same owner. Okay. But Justin and I aren't involved in that. So, okay. And I'm really not sure what they're going to do with it, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I saw, yeah, we, you know, yeah. we got them. Yeah, I saw them. And I, so I was just curious about that because there was nothing on the website. So I didn't know, you know, I, I, I probably should have researched a little bit further just to get a better idea, but I thought, well, we're going to talk to you anyway. So, yeah. uh, but well, check, um, check under Maxim inflatables, uh, okay. because that's a separate website. And then there, you're probably going to be dealing more with Brian. Uh, okay. Brian Vague up there because Brian's kind of in charge of the of the boats and um, I think for the most part that all that business up there is more OEM you know customers will call in and and we're making it under their brand or their their name uh, for them uh, as opposed to marketing it ourselves okay and then uh, fly, fly gear, uh, you guys got anything new on the horizon that you're ready to talk about yet or anything new products coming out? You know, um, we've got a lot on the drawing board. Um, we had a number of things. I mentioned the, the big game reel. Um, we've, got a, we've got a new fly line uh, with a new taper. It's actually a taper that I designed a while back. That is really a, a it's it's tried and proven. It's just getting it made is, has been the been the, the difficult thing. Um, our fly lines uh, are being uh, manufactured out of Northern Sports in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a Teflon coated line, and they've had they've had some major setbacks. This COVID thing has screwed up manufacturing so yeah. badly everywhere because it just shut things down. And then trying to get that up and going, caught up and get going again. Uh, we were hoping to have it out by now, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't, I, you know, I just don't know when it'll happen because we're ready to go and yep. our work is done on our end, but it's uh, it's, it's up to the, the guys, you know, making it for us that uh, are, are the holdup. Mm-hmm. So we do have that in, in the works. Um as of right now, I don't think we've got any any new rods. Uh, we just came out with the Salish and the NX3, so nothing mm-hmm. happening there. We got the big grill coming out. Um, you know, we've we've looked at other things too, trying to trying to come up with like when we had the boats, we were trying to come up with some nets that would work with our inflatables. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't happen. <coughs> it's hard to compete with what's already out there that 
she couldn't beat on price. So, you know, we're, we're always looking. Any suggestions are always welcome. Cool. So if you have something, <laughs> hit me with it. <laughs> I, wheels are always turning for John and I, so, you know. Yeah, hey, you know, you, you come up with an idea, you know, say, yeah, run it past me. Say, hey, what do you yeah. think of this? I'll, I'll, I'll send it up the flagpole, you know. We'll give it some thought and see what – because, you know, like, like for us, it's really got to make sense with, with what we're doing. And, and you know, this, this all goes back to, is it, is it good quality? Because it's got to be good quality. It's got to be a good bang for the buck. And it's got to appeal to, you know, not the huge masses, but, the, but our customers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our customer, you asked once earlier, you know, who our customer is. Our customer is not the, the fly fisherman that is geared up in the Orvis gear with the most expensive thing, driving the Range Rover. Um, you know, all of us, all of us at Maxim drive Toyotas. Um, you know, we, we don't have the, the fancy uh, rod lockers on our cars. Yeah. You know, we, we're just, you know, I, I, I've been fly fishing a long time, but I, I don't like that snobby yeah. attitude. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not a rich guy. I'm not a rich guy. And then I don't go out there and try to present myself like I'm, you know, very successful in, in life. And I've got all this expensive equipment, but I, I don't know how to use it. You know, I know how to use it mm-hmm. and it's not very expensive equipment, you know, cause I fish what, what we do. I've got some of that stuff that I've acquired over the last 40 years, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of it's salesman samples, you know, that I had to buy, but I mean, you know, I, I fish Maxim Outfitters gear and I, I do that first reason was so I could have experience with it. So I knew how it felt, how it performed pros, cons, whatever. But then I keep using it, not because I'm worried about someone seeing me out there going, Oh, you work for Maxim and you're not fishing a Maxim rod. That's not it. I fish it because I like it. It's mm-hmm. good. It feels good to me. I, I, my casting is good with it. My accuracy is good with it. It feels good with a fish. It, it, you know, if I break it, it's no big deal because I can have a replacement in a matter of days, yeah. you know? And, and that's, the, that's the thing that we do too that's different from anyone else. You break a rod, most any rod, you take it into your shop and you say, I've got a broken rod. They say, oh, we got to send it back to the factory. You have to send it back. They have it for a couple of months. They send you a price tag for a repair that's half the price of the rod. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we do is you call us up and you say, hey, I broke my Falcon 9 foot 10 weight uh, on, on this alligator gar. And uh, how did it break? Uh, you know, I kind of high arced it, short arced it, you know, trying to land a fish. Okay, so what, what's your address? What's your name? Okay, um, you know, send me seven bucks, eight bucks for shipping, and they'll turn around, they'll send you the rod or the replacement. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what we found is that the postal service and UPS is making a lot of money sending a rod back and back and charging for it. You know, we're not going to, we usually just charge for the shipping, you know, mm-hmm. um, and send you a new piece and do it without requiring you to send your old rod back because that's just more time in the postal system or the shipping system, right. you know, we want you back on the water as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, it's, it's within three to four days 
So you're back on the water, you know, in a couple of days with your new rod or replacement. Super. So, cool. you know, yeah, that's none of, none of that other stuff. That's, that's so annoying to me, you yeah. know, to send your rod back in, you know, our manufacturing is so tight. We, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's changed over the years. It had to be, I remember at Cortland, there was a guy back there that would try tips on mm -hmm. this section. Oh, that's, doesn't, uh, that's too tight. That's too loose. Our stuff is so precise. If it's a nine foot five tip section, it's going to fit first time because it's just in the manufacturing. You mm -hmm. know, that stuff is not cut with a knife like the old days. It's, it's cut with a laser. Yeah. So every one is exactly the same. And it's it's made a huge difference in that regard. So, you know, that's, that's what we do. So, well, John, do you have any other questions for Steve at all? No, no not really. I mean, Steve, I, I, I think you've answered everything that I could have really asked myself. I, I guess my one last thing is, is, is there a possibility for a rod case in the future for the Falcons with them being a two piece rod? There's, there's a, we have a case right now. Uh, see, yeah, I, I got to get one. It's in, the, <laughs> it's in the, it's in the catalog. I think it's a 56 inch uh, rod case for, for a two piece rod. And I think they run 40, 45 bucks, I think, for the case. So you're about to have one ordered. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, just go online and, and order that baby. Yeah, because we, I have to now, I, I think it's in stock. I know uh, exactly no, you guys sure. are out of stock I right think now. It is. Um, are we? Yeah, yeah, you're out, out of stock, stock on, on that one. A few things right now. And that, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because there's, we've got some stuff coming. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but, you know, logistic issues of, mm -hmm. of getting stuff has been bad for everybody. And, uh, you know, getting the stuff across the big pond is one thing. And then having it sit while it gets uh, unloaded and transferred. It's been a it's been a mess. Yeah. So we'll have it soon. Well. Steve, uh, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and spending this, you know, really good, genuine time with us, telling us about, you know, not only your experience, but really, uh, you know, it, this isn't so much of one of those things like, hey, come buy our products. You, you actually stand behind your product and everybody does there. And, and it's so nice to see that, but also the recognition of that you guys are making these products for everybody. So that's fully accessible so that we can continue to have a lot of different people really get involved in, in the, the sport of fly fishing and, and it's enjoyable and it doesn't have to be for like, like you were saying that the Land Rover drivers with the rod lockers and, you know, the, 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 you know, the rod hood mount things, you know, driving down the road oh, I, and, I, you know, I the, just pissed off a lot of people. There. No, don't worry. We do that too. Oh, we, we, do that. We, we do that all the time. No, and, and, and words of our friend, Jason from uh, England, we, we take the piss to him. So, you know, we don't, we don't have any problem doing that at all. Uh, no. And, and, it's just so nice though, to have a manufacturer conscientious of, we want to make quality products for our customer and we don't need to, you know, twist their arm behind their back and, you know, uh, hold them, you know, at, at, at uh, 
you know, the, the point of a, a, a pen to make that money. It's, it's just so it, yeah. it's refreshing and it's nice. And it's also opening this up for families too, where, you know, in some circumstances, yeah, you roll into a fly shop and a family sees the first rod and it's 500 bucks. And it's like, well, dad can get a rod, but you know, little Billy or little Susie can't because, uh, I, right, I, right. I can only afford 500 bucks where you talk about a $200 combo. Uh, if, if that family's interested in getting into it, the, you know, the kid can get a rod and then you can find some reasonable waiters to get started and everything else. And you're not that's looking right. at sinking a ton of money into that. And that's, and you right. really well said that in the beginning of like, you got your rod, you got your waiters, you got lion, you got tippet, flies, fly cases. I mean, there's so much stuff that really goes into it. And, and so it's just so cool that you guys do this. I, I just love your company for, for that fact, well, thank not, a, you. not only, not only the, the, the quality of product, but just the, the customer support. And, and like I said, even your willingness and, and your, how fast you get back to people and everything else, it's just unheard of. I've, I've, we've been trying to get a hold of other manufacturers to come on that make affordable products. And it's been just like pulling teeth to get a representative from that company to come on and talk to us. So you were like right on mm -hmm. it. It, it, it. That just speaks oh, volumes. Yeah. It, well, it, it, we appreciate the opportunity and like I say, you know, we don't, we don't have a huge advertising budget, so we rely on word of mouth and, and this is, you know, this is a great way for us to, to, to get the word out about us out there and, and, uh, you know, we appreciate the opportunity to do that. And, um, and you know, we're, we're easy that, you know, easy access. I mean, you can call Justin or me or Brian, if you talk to anyone at Max and it's probably one of us, unless we, unless one of the reps out in the field. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to do everything we can to take care of our customers because, you know, we, we want you back for your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth rod, mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we want a customer and we're, we want to keep them for life. That's our goal. Absolutely. So just for our listeners out there, so you can go to the Maxon website. If you want to talk to Steve or Justin or Brian or any one of these uh, guys, you go to maxinoutfitters.com. Uh, they're on Instagram under Maxin Outfitters. Uh, they are also on Facebook under Maxin Outfitters. Uh, Twitter, Maxin Outfitters. And YouTube, they also have Maxin Outfitters where they have some fantastic videos on uh, how to uh, work on the reels, how to reverse the drag on them. So if you're left hand or right hand, uh, these guys are just fantastic folks. And uh, myself personally, I can't say enough. I know John, I mean, he's, he's out there. He, 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 uh, beat up on a gar pretty good yesterday on one of their rods. So, uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're going to, we're going to see that state record. We are, we are, see it. I know it. I, I, I know that, you know, it's going to happen, but the, yeah, for sure. So Steve, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Um, and you uh, thank you guys. Definitely. So, that's all we got today on this episode of Working Class Fishing. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at Working Class Fishing, YouTube, Working Class Fishing. And if you have any more guest suggestions or uh, questions, especially ones if you want to get a hold of any of our guests like Steve, uh, you can send them over uh, via Gmail to workingclassfish at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all get out there, get some good fishing in. Y'all take care. Thanks, guys.